Welcome to episode number 24 of the Peaceful Power Podcast. And today we have an interview with the great Stacy Radford. Sapphire training helps the on-the-go woman feel more energetic, find her inner peace, and become more powerful by creating a fitness lifestyle she loves. So a little background on Stacy before we get started today. Stacy Radford is an energetic and vibrant mom to three small children who are three, six, and nine. She's an intuitive soul member for empowered women. She's passionate about coaching women intuitively to peel off the layers and break through the blocks that are preventing them from moving forwards. The creator of the self-love and freedom movement driven to empower other women to embrace self-love and freedom. She believes that it's important to remember to love yourself and put a high value on you. With her loving down-to-earth approach, she helps women to reveal their uniqueness, step into their purpose, and share their gifts with the world. So without further ado, here's today's interview. Welcome to episode number 24 of the Peaceful Power Podcast, and today I am here with Stacy Radford. And so we're going to start off, and I actually um, do not know Stacy, so she is someone that I actually just met through an online um, course that we're both taking. So I'm super excited to kind of get to know Stacy more and share with you um, her experiences. So I'm going to kick it off to you, Stacy, and just tell us a little bit more about yourself. Awesome. So I'm Stacy. I'm Stacy Redford. I'm, um, I'm a mum. I'm a mum of three small children. They're eight, six, and three. Sometimes forget the ages because they're always growing and changing. <laughs> New Zealand, and I'm an intuitive soul mentor for Empowered Women, and I really got into this line of work, which is basically life coaching, mentoring other Empowered Women, about five years ago, so yeah, that's just a little bit about me. Um, So five years ago, did you start your own business then? Have you been in that for all the five years? um, Well, five years ago was when I trained in life coaching, and I started off really with neuro-linguistic programming and therapy, hypnotherapy, and just coaching a few clients just to really get, you know, um, get started with it, but then fell pregnant, and, <laughs> you know, my life did revolve around the youngest one, so it's really just been in the last year, year and a half that I've really gotten back into it, now that the children are a little bit older and don't really need as much um, from me. Totally. <laughs> children and the babies yeah yeah that's where I'm actually going to that too because I have a son who's four almost five months old and so any tips for new moms who are growing businesses with little ones wow yeah absolutely like I do I think you need to give yourself a break big time is not to put so much pressure on yourself because it's so easy to compare yourself with other mums who may be looking like they're doing it all but that's really what you see on the surface it's not what you see behind the scenes it's also important not to compare yourself with women who don't have children (laughs) Um, and just understand where you are at at this moment and that this child is a gift and a joy and you can spend this is a time to really spend with them and you can just do it when they're napping and make it Make it something fun that you look forward to, not a task, because I did find myself wrapped up at sometimes like, oh, I have to do that coaching thing, which it has never been about. It's been about my passion and purpose, so I flipped it, and it was, you know, this isn't something I have to do, it's something I enjoy doing, and it was like my downtime, you know, as opposed to watching Young and Restless, which I used to do. (laughs) I replaced it with, you know, my coaching, my business, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's great advice because that's where I actually um, 
had just recorded a podcast. It's going to come out right before this interview is, ironically enough, about stopping the comparing with uh, women comparing each other to other women. So that's too funny that you brought that up. So very on point, and I totally agree, because I find myself, you know, falling into that, you know, habit or that camp of occasionally, you know, comparing myself to other people. And I'm like, oh, they look like they have it together. Um, do you have any tips for how women can, like, stop the comparing? Um, it just depends. If you're looking at other people, well, I did find I unfollowed a few people on mm-hmm. Facebook just because I didn't want it coming up in my feed because I didn't trust myself not to compare. It had nothing mm-hmm. to do with them. It was just a reflection of me and where I was at at that moment. And also just understanding that this is where I am at at this space and time and to respect that and to really enjoy where I'm at and this is where I'm meant to be. And um, we're all on our own journey, like, I don't know, it's a quote or something, I've seen it somewhere, but don't compare your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 42. Like, you know, you don't know where they're, what they've gone through with the thing before, yeah. Yes, that's great, that's great advice, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and then it's practicing that and remembering that, so I like that. And that you kind of flip the script in your head and just kind of think about it differently, I like that. Yes, absolutely. So I was kind of reading on your blog, um, and you had a post, and it was about how you labeled yourself as a shy kid when you were growing up. So how did you kind of release that statement when you got older? Because I know that can be kind of a troublesome one. Like um, one of my brothers, we always call him the shy one. But I'm like, wow, I wonder if that's kind of like limiting him in some ways, or how do you kind of release that? Well, absolutely. Like my environment, I was always the shy person, so I felt like I always had to stay in that box and it served me for a certain amount of time and I chose it as a child because I was the favourite grandchild I was the um, <laughs> I was the teacher's pet in class because I knew that I had to fit into this box to be able to survive at school that you know by being teacher's pet then I could avoid being bullied and so forth so it did protect me to a certain extent as a child mm. but to grow up as an adult it was limiting me in the way with my career mm. um I was still, I was a retailer, I was store manager, I wanted to expand my career, but how could I do it if I couldn't even speak with other people? Um, <laughs> and yeah. in my relationships and friendships, and I was, wasn't really growing any friendships. So just for me, I, um, I remember it was just like a self-development course that I decided to go to. I remember I typed into Google um, shyness, self-confidence, and then this course came up. And being shy myself, I put it off, and they rung me, and they rung me, and I was like, oh, no, next month, next month. And then the woman finally convinced me, just come along, put a deposit down. And because she made me put a deposit down, I was like, okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> I've, I've invested some money this now, so I'm going to go. And I went there, and it just opened my eyes, and it was when I was introduced to NLP that, you know, people's main concern is just about themselves. They don't really... It's not about you, it's about them, mm-hmm. and um, it's not about you being interesting, it's being interested in other people, mm-hmm. and people like people who are like themselves, not in terms of um, what the general life, I mean, it's like mirror matching and the way that you hold yourself, they just, you know, feel a natural rapport with you, and when I learned that, that it wasn't me and all my like, issues in my head, that I could actually make friends 
and I just started testing it on people and making new friendships, and it just really developed from there, and consistently getting out of my comfort zone. Mm. And um, and it was challenging for some people because, you know, when my family was used to Stacey being shy, sitting in the corner, they're like, who is this person now? And it did shock a few people, but then they're like, actually, I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> And then that gave them the freedom to do what they wanted to do in their lives, whatever was holding me back. So, oh, yeah. That's awesome. So was it a live event that you went to? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I think there was about 25, 30 people there in the audience. And I'm still friends with a few people from that event. So, that's awesome. Yeah. So it was kind of all about, you know, getting out of your comfort zone. Do you have any yeah. tips for people how to get out of their comfort zone? Just go and do something crazy. Ah, yes. <laughs> go down to the shops and just talk to someone there. And, that's <laughs> you awesome. know, just think that we're so habitual and it's like, you know, wake up, you know, make our bed, have a shower, go to work. Um, but you need to switch it up. So, you know, go and do something just a little bit radical, not too radical, but, <laughs> you know, just something to switch your day up. You know, see somebody who you just want to go and talk to and go and talk to them and whether they respond to that or not, it's fine. Yeah. It's all learning and growing and just, yeah, having fun with it. I think that's the main key is just have fun with it. No, I totally agree because that's where, I mean, stepping out, I think sometimes, you know, even saying hi to someone at the coffee shop or um, I've heard of people like buying people coffee and they're like, no, 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 you know, I don't want that, you know, and just kind of like, no, this is this is me being nice and like, you know, trying to do something nice, but then people don't always know how to receive it. So then, you know, being able to receive that too is half of that battle too, you know, if you're out there. Um, you know, do you have any tips for people like receiving compliments? Because I know so many women, we have a tough time you know, you know, if you say, hey, I love your dress, and people are like, oh, no, I got it at a discount store. Do you have any tips for people, like, how do they accept that and kind of, you know, say, I am good. I am good enough for this compliment. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, and this is something I sort of become myself and I catch myself out doing, but I think what I always remind myself when somebody pays me a compliment, if I discard that compliment, then I'm kind of discarding them mm. and, it makes them feel uncomfortable. You go, oh, no, 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 it's just this. So instead of thinking about yourself, think about this person. Um, if that makes you feel more comfortable, and just say thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me. Um, and that, that's how I've really found it's really helped me to start accepting compliments instead of thinking all about myself in my head. Yeah, that's, I love that. That's great advice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how do you kind of, I know you help women push past their blocks. So, so what are some ways that you kind of help women push past those blocks in their lives? Um, I do. So I've been trained in timeline therapy, and that goes back to our childhood when we made decisions, and we think we have to hold on to those decisions as adults. So I really take them back to when they were a child when they made that decision and seeing it through the eyes as an adult and making the decision as an adult and bringing it back to now that they don't have to be confined to the choices they made as a six-year-old. <laughs> that they can now do it, you know, through the eyes of a 20, 30, 40-year-old. Um, and that, that has, has huge shifts for, the, for a lot of women. And also understanding that we're women and we are more than, you know, um, it's more than fine then to have feelings and to have emotions. And a lot of us as children um, were taught, you know, 
Well, I was, you know, be quiet, stay in the corner, children be seen and not heard, and then you bottle up all these emotions, you don't think it's a valid, you don't think that it's okay, like it's bad to feel anger, um, and it's really just releasing those emotions now as an adult and understanding that it's okay to be angry. It's not okay to take it out on other people, but it's okay to be angry, take it out on, like, your pillow or your bed. Yeah. <laughs> but it's... Um, I find that has huge shifts with women. So do you have, like, do they tell, like, different stories? So probably, like, you being shy, like, that's one of the stories you can kind of help people, you know, come through, all those type of blocks. Yeah. Or, like, money blocks. I know money blocks can be big for people. Like, all of those type of old stories you might have picked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I had a client who, um, whose mum was telling her when she was a child, like, she was very entrepreneurial when she was a child, and she'd started, like, all these little clubs and would charge her friends, but her mum would always say, no, like, you can't charge your friends. And obviously that's going to have a big impact on her finances as an adult. So it was just going back. She didn't even realise it. It just kind of discarded it. So when we went back to the past and looked at it, she's, that popped up for her. So that was a huge shift for her to be able to recognise that she was no longer that child and that she could now look at it through an adult's perspective. And that it's actually pretty awesome that she was still trying to do that at that age. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, that's awesome. Yeah, especially like going back to the past because, you know, all those little hidden things that you might not have thought, you know, were buried deep inside you. But... You know, a yeah. lot of times we do bury things deep inside and don't know that that could be causing us pain now. So that's awesome that you dig all the way back. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some a few tips to help women if they're playing small? How do you stop women from playing small in their lives? Um, it's just about getting them out of their head and seeing, is it really serving anyone? And, you know, how can they serve others? Because that's essentially all we really want to do is serve others. And it's not ever about us. So I get them to get out of their head and about um, worried about other people and just coming into a space of service to others. That by them withholding themselves, by playing small, it doesn't serve other people. If they play big, then other people, like they shine the light for other people to step into their own greatness. It's like a Marianne Williamson quote. <laughs> I, um, I use this meditation for a lot of my um, coaching clients at the end of yeah, this session. Just to remind them that they're not serving anyone by playing small. Yeah. That's, yes, that's so true. And I think a lot of it, too, is us just kind of getting out there and, you know, releasing those stories and stepping into the woman that you can be or that you might have deep down inside you. So that's great that you kind of help them release those blocks. Yeah, absolutely. And people learn by what you do, not what by you say. Mm. So when you step into your own greatness, then they will see that and follow. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yes, practice what you preach. Absolutely. <laughs> True. Um, so is emotional release, is that kind of the same thing that you were talking about then going back into the past? Is that yeah. hide? Yep. And it's just really healing the inner child thing, yeah. Okay. So yeah. then um, why do you think that's important for people to do? Should everyone do that, or is there certain people that need it more than others? I absolutely feel like everyone needs to do it, but if you're not open to it, then it's not going to work for you. Mm-hmm. Like, it has to be a process that you, you want to do. Otherwise, the unconscious mind, the conscious mind isn't going to work with it. It's just going to 
deny it. And it's, yeah. <laughs> so it has to be something that you're open with. But I do believe, like, everyone has built up emotions from the past, and, you know, it's time to just release them. Do you yeah. find it's hard for people to step into that, or does everyone, once they kind of get going, really see the benefits? Oh, absolutely. I have and, you know, they were new to it. So, and it's quite funny because through the process, I like, is that the right answers that they're actually looking for? It's whatever is perfect for you. And then they'll, and then they get on the roll. And it's it just like, because we're wiping out, we're wiping through emotions like anger, fear, hurt, guilt, and by the time we get to guilt, it's like they're just bam, bam, bam. <laughs> they can remember time and this and that happened, and yeah, it's great. Oh yeah, that's totally relatable too. Like I, you know, is that the right answer? Is that what you want? You're like, no, it's whatever you feel. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's definitely human nature. Is that is that right? But no, yeah, whatever yeah. you feel, <laughs> you're on the right path. <laughs> Exactly. So what are some tips to helping create, like, a fulfilling life then for people? Um, this is a big one, I think. I think it's important, as you say, to have a fulfilling life, to not try and strive to be happy all the time and to honor yourself. Like, I, I speak a lot about honoring the light and honoring your dark and honoring that sometimes you're not going to feel, you know, 100% and just being as long as you're feeling fulfilled, I think the number one key in doing that is really starting each day with gratitude. Be gratitude for all that you have, because often we can wake up and think, what are we lacking? Or, no, there's this bill that we have to pay, there's this that we have to do, whereas we're kind of taking for granted the things that we do have, like the bed that we slept on, or the children in our arms, <laughs> or... Um, you know, the car that we're driving to work in, or even our job, um, you know, we can be grateful for having a job because at least it's paying the bills and it's, you know, it's um, something that's helping us in the meantime while we build our own business. Yeah. Yes. So I want to talk a little more, too, about that light and the dark side because I think a lot of it, too, because um, there's a lot of dark going on right now in the world in general, and, um you know, I feel like sometimes we don't always honor the dark in a way or we kind of blow by it. Um, is yeah. there any way for people to, you know, kind of honor the dark but not getting sucked down into, like, a deep depression, like looking at everything that's going on? Is there, like, a how do you find that balance between them? Um, it's just being an observer to it and recognizing it. But like you said, don't get stuck in it. Like, don't, don't think that you have to delve right deep in there to, like, work everything out because there's nothing to work out when you delve deep into it. It just gets you further and further into darkness. But it's just honouring it and just recognising it. I think that's important because often we'll feel this darkness within us and we want to stuff it down and that can lead to emotional eating or, you know, things that don't serve us. Um, and just, just recognise it and go, okay, and release, like, <laughs> I recognize this and release it, yeah. That's, yeah, do you do tapping or anything like that? No, I don't, but um, it's something I love. Do you do tapping? I have, well, I've only done it a little bit with my um, business coach, and so we tap occasionally, um, but that's something I want to explore more, too, and, you know, try to get into that a little bit deeper. Yeah, same here. I have been introduced to it by an old coach of mine, but yeah, it's yeah. I know, that's where I, it's on my to-do. I need to learn more about this. <laughs> so I've definitely lately been drawn to, like, the masculine and feminine energy, and I know that that's something you're passionate about, too. 
Um, so I wanted you to talk about why people need to keep that in balance. And I know that I definitely can play on my masculine side a lot more than my feminine side. And I think that's for me growing up, I was an athlete um, and I was an athlete in college too. So, and then obviously my background, like I'm a personal trainer, but I'm a yoga instructor. So I'm like, that's kind of my balance, my masculine and feminine. But it's definitely a fine line that I'm like, gosh, I feel like I've shoved my feminine side down for many years. Cause I'm not, I never used to wear dresses. Occasionally I will now, but like, I'm just like, I'm in workout gear. So I definitely, and I work a lot. So you're like, how do you find that balance for people? And, you know, why should we connect with that feminine side? Because I think there's a lot of women now kind of shoving that feminine side down and pulling up more with the masculine. Yeah. Um, for each of us, we have, like, a tendency towards either masculine or feminine. A lot of women, 90% of us, it's feminine. Um, and I think a huge part of it is that we've been taught in society that you know, it's really vulnerable to be feminine and that, you know, it's got even those pictures with this woman, I'm a strong woman, mm-hmm. but, you know, they mm-hmm. <laughs> have, like, some hairy armpitted, <laughs> like, be um, feminist, but you don't have to. Like, there's so much power in being feminine um, and just being gentle. And I remember even Tony Robbins, and I'm, I'm not going to even quote this properly, <laughs> but he said, like, there was this guy and he wanted... Like he was going to, he was, going, he was like a sniper or something and he was going to do something and this old lady came up to him and just looked at him with, you know, through feminine eyes and he looked at that woman with that energy and he just, he could not do it. He could not commit that murder that day. He then went on to grow and kill, but <laughs> like a, a few days later. But anyway, it's just that knowing that that feminine energy can break down so many walls in the masculine. Um, <coughs> And just honouring that part of you, like stop stuffing the feminine energy down. I know that for myself, I did that for so long, um, and it only attracted more unwanted like um, <laughs> um, interactions with people when I was trying to be masculine, mm-hmm. and it being feminine in myself, and that it's okay to be vulnerable. That um, yeah, I feel that's so important. And also, feminine like femininity can be mistaken for being really flirty and, you know, having to paint your nails and everything. And it has nothing to do with that. Uh, it's just embracing that feminine energy where it's just soft and flowing. Um, yeah. I like what you said, too, just now about, like, being vulnerable. I think that one, that one is something that I try to work on and I know I need to do more of. Um, but can you speak about that? Like, how, you know, what are some tips? So, like, for myself, you know, like, how can I be more vulnerable and be okay with that? Because I think that's where we have, like, our guards up. Like, we're like, I don't want, you know, to break down my walls. But, like, you know, really trusting and being okay with being vulnerable with things. See, being vulnerable attracts so many people <laughs> with, you know, big hearts. But also, if you want to break down that wall, then still maintain a wall to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Or have clear boundaries, be vulnerable, and you can be empathy, like, you can have sympathy for other people, but that doesn't mean that they have to come closer to you, like, you can still have those boundaries around you. Be vulnerable, share your story, but detach from other people, if you kind of know what I mean, like. Yeah. I did make that mistake myself, I was quite open and vulnerable, and yeah, I'm loving, and, you know, it did drain a lot of my energy and what I really learned was I had to build some boundary lines and that yes I love you but I love you from afar it doesn't mean that you can come close to me 
Yeah. Yes. That no, that totally resonates with me. I definitely, you know, now now that you're speaking on that too, because I'm like, okay, I definitely, I think I've done that too, because I can feel it when I've, you know, I felt drained too after just leaving it all out there, and then I'm like, well, that doesn't feel good, you know. So I think I like I have a wall up, but I let certain people inside the wall who I know won't drain me. So I definitely, I, that definitely resonates with me, you know, just having that. You have one wall, maybe slightly up, just so you can protect you. I was just talking to my business coach um, on the last podcast that I've done. We talked about, like, having your cloak. So, like, literally you give yourself a hug, like, after a yoga class or after maybe a meditation, something where, you know, you just kind of broke yourself open. Now you give yourself a hug, and that's closing your cloak off so when you go into the world. And so that's something that I kind of try to think about, too, so um, I definitely can resonate with that with that message that you were just talking about. Absolutely. And choose where you choose to be vulnerable as well. And that from um, moment to moment, the boundary lines that you put in place will, will shift and will change. And people will challenge you on that, but that's okay. It's just an opportunity for you to learn and grow. But you don't always have to have, like, this is the boundary. You, need, you don't cross this line. Like, you can, like, move that line. <laughs> yeah. You are in control of yourself, no one else. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and I think we forget that. I know myself, I do too. (laughs) Uh, So meditation is something that I, you know, enjoy, and I've gotten somewhat back in the routine, actually, this past month, because I was off and on. I was really on, and then I had my son, and then, obviously, when you have someone who is only almost five months old, it's very hard to get a routine back in place, (laughs) but I am trying, and I've done a good job this last few weeks. Because I can tell when I haven't meditated. So um, I know that you just had said that you meditate at the end with clients. Do you have a personal meditation practice that you do? Yeah, I do have a personal meditation. Do you mean like with myself? Yep. Okay. So every morning, (laughs) the alarm goes off and I go and lie down at like my little posse by the fire. And I just meditate. I listen to Dr. Wayne Dyer. I am that I am, um, and it plays for about half an hour, and I just meditate for about half an hour before the kids wake up, so I had that time with myself just to connect, and then that really starts my day up, and then I've got, like, my gratitude journal underneath the um, couch, and I just journal all that I'm grateful for. Oh, I love that. I do that all before the kids wake up. Yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> That's a great way to start the day. Oh, absolutely, because the kids definitely know when I haven't done it. <laughs> it's so true, though. Like, I can tell, like, my what I was just, my business coach was like, oh, I can tell that you have it because I'm just coming into the sessions, and I'm like, whoa, all over the place, instead of being like, okay, I'm focused. I know what I want to accomplish. And I think that, you know, you probably, if you are a meditator in some capacity or if you go in and out, people probably can tell, but they don't can't put their finger on exactly what it is. You know, that might be a little off about you, but sometimes it can be because you didn't take that, you know, five, ten minutes or half hour, depending on how long you meditate for, in the morning just to chill, relax, connect with you again. Absolutely. So, <laughs> do you, so as far as, like, any workouts, do you do any workout routines? Yeah, so I've got a treadmill, and I run three times in the morning, so I meditate, go take my vitamins and water, and then I go for a run. Um, and then... I'm a member at the local gym, so I used to actually teach spin classes there. And I just I just love the spin classes. That's basically what I go for, and just to catch up with a few people. So it's basically what I do, yeah. You are a running and cycling queen. 
Yeah, I love it. I love it because it releases endorphins mm-hmm. and really makes me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was just saying. I'm like, oh, those endorphins definitely. After a few days of not working out, you can tell because you miss that as well in your body. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So for the meditation practice, you said you did it with your clients, too, at the end of sessions? Yeah, yeah. So do you do, like, individual, or how do you choose which meditation, or do you always do the same meditation with people? Well, I, see, I was with a coaching institute that had, like, a set way out. Okay. I kind of, I was going with that, but then I realized, like, it wasn't really serving the clients. Mm. So I just... That's why I call myself an intuitive soul mentor now. As I just intuitively pick, like, what's come up for them. Then I, like, scramble through my (laughs) meditation um, folder, and then I find what, like, would work for them to really finish off the session powerfully. Yeah. That's great. I'm like, hmm, like, I could do that with some of my clients. I'm like, at the end of the workouts, that sounds beautiful to end with the meditation and just really send them off with power. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so in terms of, like, social media, is there anywhere that you like to hang out or where can people kind of follow your stuff? Well, I do have, like, my Facebook page, Self Love with Stacey. Um, and I haven't been very active on there recently, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> and I have my own group, Self Love and Freedom Movement, um, and that you can just find in the search most of my posts just go on my personal Facebook wall that I make public perfect that sounds awesome and then is there any good books that you recommend are you a reader absolutely okay so (laughs) I've actually been sick this last week which has been good because I've been having some big shifts myself Mm. and so I've just consumed book after book so there's conversations with God Mm -hmm. um I don't have the authors, sorry. That's okay. I can find them. I'll put it in the show notes. There was Spirit Junkie, Gabriel Bernstein. Um, don't let anything... Oh, I can't remember. It's a Dorian Virtue book. Um, I'll just find it. Don't let anything sell your sparkle by Dorian Virtue. And... Then I read The Power Within by Louise Hay. Those sound awesome. Yeah, it's been a great week. Uh, So you finished all those this last week? Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, um, those all, I have not read a couple of those, so I'm going to add those to my books to read. That was my challenge last year was to read um, 52 books in a year which I accomplished last year I've been working on that for like three years and I finally did it last year and this year I've probably read like ten books so not probably not even actually probably like five so a little behind five month old so you what you've got a five month old so it makes me difficult all your your books are great that's where I listen to a lot of podcasts in the car are you a podcast listener at all no, but I think I've got to stop. Yeah. Oh, I can recommend lots of good ones. I have. I That's what I listen to in the car because I travel quite a bit. So I have a lot of good podcasts that I just plug in. And so that's kind of my audio book in the car. Oh, cool. And getting inspiration before I go off. <laughs> yeah, 
Yes. Awesome. <laughs> um, so a couple more questions. I like to finish with a couple, um, two questions in particular. One, mm-hmm. since it's the Peaceful Power podcast, and I'm kind of all about spreading peaceful power, and I have yes. kind of a definition, and everyone has their own definition. What is your definition of peaceful power? Peaceful power. Um, so, well, my view on it would be just being at one with yourself. And when you're at one with yourself, then that's so, so powerful. Wow, that's great. I love it. Yeah, I love asking because everyone has different um, definitions. And that's one of the things I like kind of about the phrase is everyone has their own take and they can spread their peaceful power. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. And then finally, I like to have um, you guys or my guests give a challenge because every week I like to give a challenge to um, listeners. So like kind of a weekly challenge. So usually something about that we discussed throughout the podcast. So, um, like, my stop comparing yourself was I challenged people to um, unfollow anyone that was not making them feel, like, amazing. Yes. So do you have any po- or any podcast, any um, weekly challenge from tonight's podcast? Um, gosh, um, let me think. Probably what you said, like, <laughs> just, you know, a challenge for you would be, for, you know, for those who are listening, to stop comparing yourself to others. Just really unfollow those who make you feel less than. Um, yeah, that's number one. And just the only person who you should be comparing yourself is you. That's all. <laughs> I love it. Um, so is there anything else that's coming up for you that you'd like to share? No, I've really actually enjoyed it. Like, it's been speaking with you and yeah <laughs> well it was a pleasure having you on and thank you so much and I will talk to you all next week bye bye <laughs>